0: Hello, hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Humane Nation podcast. I'm your host, Allie. As always, I hope you guys are doing great. Today, we're going to be talking about debarking. Now, hearing the name, you might be thinking, debarking? What could that procedure even mean? Unfortunately, it means exactly what it sounds like. Removing or lessening the volume of a dog's bark. Today, we're going to be talking about what exactly it is, what happens during this kind of procedure, why people want to have this procedure done on their dogs, and also the outcomes that can happen because of this procedure. So we're going to be jumping into that. But first, let's go ahead and talk about some animal news first. In Richland, Wisconsin, every year, the small town hosts an event called Pioneer Day Chicken Toss. And, as you can imagine, a chicken toss is exactly what the name implies. Essentially, individuals stand on top of a single-story roof, and they proceed to toss chickens off into a crowd below. Whoever can catch a chicken in the crowd is welcome to keep the chicken. I honestly wish I was making all of this up, but nope, sure enough, it is a real thing. This will be their 41st anniversary of starting the event, So it's hard to believe that this thing has been going on for the past four decades, but sure enough, it has. Actually, according to WEAU News, who got an interview with Adam Shibley, one of the event organizers, this event can draw in hundreds if not a thousand spectators. Of course, Shibley would say that the animals are taken care of and that all is well and that they're not harmed, but honestly, would you expect them to say anything other than that? And in the words of Shibley himself, something could happen to a chicken any day. Well, of course anything could happen to a chicken any day. There are many risks out there in the world for a chicken. But their risk of injury or harm definitely increases when you toss them off from a roof. Listen, I am all for supporting small towns. I live in a small town. Of course I want to see our town thrive and to do well but not at the expense of tossing a chicken from a roof. Not just one chicken, by the way, multiple chickens from a roof as an event. Something about this just does not seem right to me. As we know, chickens, like many animals, are able to experience pain. They do have pain receptors. Not only that, but chickens, like many animals, can also experience a variety of emotions, including fear, stress, anxiety, and more. Even if a chicken happens to not get harmed during an event, or they happen to land just right into somebody's arms, it doesn't diminish the fact that these chickens could still be experiencing extreme emotional turmoil from being tossed from a roof into a crowd. But either way, now we know a little bit more about the Pioneer Day Chicken Toss from Ridgeland, Wisconsin and another news well i guess this isn't exactly news but something to keep in mind we are approaching kitten season now if you're not sure what kitten season is we actually did make an episode about kitten season on the humane nation podcast our very first episode was about kitten season so if you're curious i highly recommend you going back and checking out that episode Kitten season is a really busy time for many shelters and rescues across the states. If you are interested in volunteering or fostering this year, I highly recommend getting set up and registered in their system so that once kitten season comes, they will have you lined up and ready to go to take in some fosters. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there, put it on your radar so you can start thinking about it because it it really is An extremely busy time for many shelters and rescues. They just become inundated with so many kittens. So yes, if you're interested in volunteering and fostering, I highly recommend you checking out your local rescue or shelter. All right, you guys, with that, let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. So in the last episode, we talked about declawing cats. And it only makes sense to now focus our attention on our canine friends and see what kind of unusual procedures they might be at risk of. So that's why today we are talking about debarking, which by the way is also known as devoicing, bark softening, or devocalization. So there are several different terms that can be used for this kind of procedure. Essentially, what happens during a debarking procedure is that they put the dog under anesthesia and then proceed to remove a portion of the vocal cords through the mouth, either with scissors, laser, or a biopsy punch. They can also do this by going through the throat through the larynx. By the way, there are a few states that have actually banned this practice, including Massachusetts, Maryland, and New Jersey. So now you may be wondering, okay, but why exactly are people even getting this procedure done for their dogs? And actually, there's a few different reasons why this is happening. And when we think back to the previous episode talking about declawing cats, we remember that a lot of times people will have their cats declawed surely because they don't want to have to deal with their cats scratching up their furniture or curtains and all those other cosmetic things. For some dog owners, they want to devoice their dogs simply because they do not want to keep hearing the excessive barking. To me, that just seems very similar to the same kind of attitude that some cat owners have regarding declawing their cats. It just seems very selfish to me when, you know, the health of the dog or cat is not considered when making these really huge decisions. But this is not the only reason why some dogs are debarked. Sometimes it's because a landlord is requiring the tenants to debark their dog if they want to live in that facility. I think this is a horrible thing to request of tenants. It's hard enough finding a pet-friendly apartment or home rental. But then when you say, oh yeah, sure, we accept dogs in our facilities, but they're going to need to be debarked if it gets to a certain nuisance or something. I just think that's a ridiculous thing to request of your tenants. But then another reason why some people might have to debark their dogs is because they're court-ordered to debark their dog. In the event that maybe a neighbor has complained about your dog barking and you're brought to court, you may have two options. One of which is to devoice your dog And the other one is to euthanize your dog but in general i just feel like these are some pretty ridiculous reasons why people may want to or actually need to debark their dogs because as we all know there are certain things that canines just do and barking is one of those things barking is a way for dogs to communicate it could communicate that they're excited when wanting to play It could be, you know, barking to warn you about something. It could be out of fear. It could be out of boredom. I mean, really, there are multiple reasons why a dog may be barking excessively. So just like how last time we talked about declawing cats, you know, some people may go into it thinking like, oh, you know, it's a nuisance. I don't want my cats to tear up my furniture. I'm just going to declaw them. And they may not realize that there are actually some harmful side effects that can happen to their cat because of this procedure. Likewise, there are some harmful side effects of devoicing a dog. And so let's just spend a little bit of time talking about these side effects because these are really important things to know. You know, personally, I'm against this procedure, but I know that this is something that may be a completely new topic for you. It was a new topic for me. I had to look it up and see if this was a real thing. Unfortunately, it is. But still, we need to have the facts so that we can raise awareness. And next time, maybe if you're talking with a friend or a family member, and somehow this gets brought up, you will have the facts to tell them all about what happens when a dog is devoiced. So let's go ahead and talk about some of the side effects that can happen from this procedure. Once again, pulling information from the American Veterinary Medical Association website, they say complications ranging from bleeding to acute airway swelling, coughing, gagging, aspiration pneumonia, infection, in addition to other things including noisy breathing, respiratory distress. Some dogs even have an exercise intolerance. And some dogs after having this procedure now have scar buildup on those tissues. And this is all for having a dog with now a horsey kind of sounding bark. And some dogs that undergo this kind of procedure experience collapse and heat intolerance. Once again, this is from the American Veterinary Medical Association website. Actually, this website has great information talking about canine devocalization I highly recommend checking it out. Actually, I can leave a link in the description of this episode so you can check it out for yourself. But going through the list of, you know, possible complications that can arise from this kind of procedure, you know, people begin to see like, oh, wow, this surgery is actually really major. There are so many complications that can come out of this procedure for your dog that really hinders their quality of life. And that's what makes me so sad that for some people who, you know, in the example of they had complaining neighbors and now they're in court and they're given two options. You can either debark your dog or you'll have to get them euthanized. Or in the case of, you know, your landlord is telling you, hey, you either need to debark your dog or you have to move out. And, you know, while these two scenarios may be on the extreme side, Knowing that our society still allows something like this is just mind-blowing. I do think that most of the time though, people are choosing to have their dog debarked simply because they are finding their dog's excessive barking to be a nuisance. But you know, I think that us as a collective society need to understand that there are many other things that can be done to help with your dog's barking than devoicing them. One of the first steps you can take is to work with your vet or an animal behaviorist. Together, you can begin troubleshooting and figuring out what exactly is triggering your dog to bark. If your dog is being triggered by something outside, maybe helping put up some more curtains or blind spots so the dog doesn't see them. If it's out of boredom, maybe providing more stimulation to keep their mind active and keep them occupied. And if it's attention, maybe just carving a little bit of extra time from your busy schedule to spend with your companion dog. You know, I think there are numerous different ways we can help our dog thrive without just taking a shortcut and debarking them. Especially knowing that there are so many complications that they are now at risk to. So let's keep this conversation going and spread awareness about it so that more people are aware of the complications associated with this kind of procedure. And hopefully together we'll see more states prohibiting devocalizing dogs. righty, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Humane Nation. And I just want to say a huge thank you guys. We have passed 1,000 downloads, which is super exciting. I know that it's kind of a smaller milestone, but for us, it's a big one because back in June, we started with zero followers and listeners, and this is completely new. So thank you guys so much for making this happen, and thank you so much for your support. Again, our website is still down, but if you're wanting to get in contact with us, you can reach out on social media, or you can email us at info at All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time.